like I got so excited when I got likes. They're like, dude, you're 42 years old. Yeah. Enough. Wait a minute. First of all, you still get so excited when you get likes. What the fuck? It didn't go away. I'm not getting excited anymore. Social media showed you a world that was out there, right? So one of the biggest things in my success and anybody's success, it starts with a dream, right? Big food has corrupted our country at a level and at a speed that makes cigarettes look like, you know, they were Ronald McDonald passing up, you know, lollipops. So I'm saying the politicians are also at fault in this, right? Because the capitalist system works such that profit is going to be the main goal. And morality should slip in there in, in, in certain ways, but regulation is really how we regulate morality. That's really how this country works. We're back for another episode of Business Untitled, and yet, you guys are going to notice again, we got no guest. Uh, we're early in our podcast. We're exploring and experimenting with different uh, different ways to do this. Uh, today, we had a pretty interesting idea. Uh, you know, I said to Dave, Dave reads a lot. Uh, and one thing we learned on this podcast is most great CEOs are curious and read a lot. And so I said, okay, what, what's, what have you read in the last two weeks that click the button in your head that set off a, a light bulb. And, and we're going to use that as our format today, and we're going to pass the mic around. But before that, I'm giving it to my partner and buddy, Mel Carter, because he's got something special. Wow, I like this much better than my uh, sidekick, Mel Carter, that supports <laughs> me <laughs> while, while I'm the greatest podcaster ever. That was a good one. <laughs> but uh, as far as no guests, um, we have a lot of guests that want to come on, but we're trying to see. You guys seem to like us, or me, I think me. Uh, Kanye called Dave to come on. Dave said no, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Kanye would have been here in hey, five minutes. Shout out to the guys that actually do this nonstop. We're learning. It's it's a grind, and uh, we're going to get there, but it's a grind. It's a, it's a grind, and we all have multiple jobs. But before we get into it, I have late Christmas gifts for you guys. All right. I want to give it to Damn. you. Uh, Look at that. Way forward. Way forward. Way forward is getting a lot of free fucking promo in here, Catherine. Ooh. Look at this. Oh, this. business untitled swag. <laughs> love it. I love the blue. I love the orange. One is a large, one is a medium. I'm not sick. sure which one it was. I love this. Yeah. Awesome. This is sick. Mel, thank you. Hold on. Which, which one day we might even sell business untitled merch. We will. <laughs> I love this. Sick, right? Sick. All this right. Is perfect. This is, I hope this is a medium. All right, Mel. So, yeah. what was your article? Perfect. Uh, not my article, it's just... Your story. Let's talk about the wars in the world. But there's a different war that's happening right now. UMG is at war with TikTok. It's like the craziest thing in the world. UMG, and for those who don't know, UMG controls 30% of the market share of all music you hear. So any music you hear anywhere in the world, 30% of it... Whether Top three it's, artists. Because because that's that's Universal Music Group. Universal Music yeah, yeah. Group. Yeah. Uh 30% of all music, whether it's catalog, what whatever it is, whether it's Drake. Michael Jackson. Do they got Drake. They got Drake. Taylor they got Swift. Drake, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Post Malone, The Weeknd. Uh name some names. So uh, huge, don't even bring the huge. weekend up. After that, after that TV show, weekend's off my list. I gotta see that TV show. Was it that crazy? It was terrible. Terrible. All right, go back, go back. I'm interrupting. So go on. So TikTok uh, and UMG had a licensing deal for a few years. It was working. And TikTok, it was time for it to be renewed, and they couldn't come to an agreement. Uh, if you read, TikTok is saying UMG is being greedy and unfair to the artists, and UMG obviously is saying TikTok is being greedy mm -hmm. and don't want to pay them. Um it's crazy because I don't know who's going to win this war or who's going to hurt more, I should say, because TikTok only accounts for 1% of UMG's revenue. Which is crazy because kids live on TikTok. They live on TikTok. But guess what, though? For a creator, how much How much do you think it takes for a creator to make $30 on, uh, on uh, TikTok? I got no clue. 1,000 videos. For a creator to make 
$30. So people watch a thousand videos? No, you have to create a thousand videos. So if you make a song. So I put my dance steps up you there. You put your dance steps with a song, Bitcoin to the Moon. A thousand people or yourself, a thousand videos have to be created for you to make $30. That's crazy. Wait, so off that song? Off that song. Okay. Off right. that, so, you, so if you're the artist. You get three cents per video created. So if you're the artist, you make no money unless the whole world is creating a, you know, a video with your song. So you got to have like a step thing go viral and then everyone uses that song for viral, it. Viral. And even, even if they did 100,000 uh, videos, which is a shit ton of videos, right, that mean right. it went viral. It's like 3,000 bucks. Still like 3,000 bucks. Yeah. Versus like Spotify, you get 45 dollars i mean 4500 for every million videos which actually is less wait, wait, than videos or songs or, or plays sorry plays. plays yeah yeah which is actually less it's like less than a cent but it's much easier it's just you play hit a button play you're not creating a video so on and so forth so some people would say the dsp's a pretty unfair what's dsp uh, uh spotify youtube Oh, the, Apple, platform, the platforms. Yeah, okay, the, okay, the yeah, platforms. Yeah. Uh, Tidal, which, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Amazon. So yeah. a, while, a couple of years ago. Digital subscription you, you platform? Kept, yeah. A couple yeah, of years ago, you kept reading that artists were touring yeah. and touring and touring because the only way they're making money is by being live music and selling merch. Is that yeah. still the case or did, are people making money now through streams? People are making, some of the bigger artists are making money through the streams. Like Drake is making money. Taylor Swift, the bigger right. artist. But here's the thing where it gets tricky, right? UMG can pull the music, which they're starting to. They started maybe four days ago pulling music. So if you look for like a Justin Bieber record, it may not be on uh, TikTok anymore. So the kids don't get to do that. But what happens now, what I'm afraid of, is the new artist that gets their exposure from TikTok, because TikTok breaks most acts now. Not the radio, not UMG. Not even fucking Instagram, TikTok breaks most acts. And then the big label comes and offer them a check, right? Mike, you have a great song. Here's a million dollars. We want to sign you. Now the artists got a million dollars. They got to recoup that million dollars. So every dollar that comes from TikTok or any other DSP platform goes to recouping that money. The artist now gets the exposure from TikTok, and that's how they get to tour. That's how they get to sell merch. That's how they grow their socials. Right, right. So if you're an so artist. So the second you're signed at, to UMG now, your mu music is now cold. removed from TikTok. Right. So who does that hurt? Yeah. The, the artists artist. don't get to tour. They don't get to grow their socials. What so it's think, interesting to see what's going to happen. What are the chances this is probably just a negotiating ploy that gets ironed out it, in the it, next it, four It weeks. could be. It yeah. could get you know, fixed in two weeks or a right. week. Yeah. And it's a huge chance they can because TikTok is also saying, you don't make us any money. We're a $73 billion company. We get 1% from you. And they're saying we get 1% from you. Yeah. So it is a big possibility that it doesn't get ironed out. Right. Yeah. It'll get ironed out. It will get ironed out. Probably. I, I think it's also a little bit like streaming platforms in general, right? It's just like the world of abundance where every disflate you know um, disinflation. disinflation in a sense right so like music back when we were kids it was like you had to like spend a lot of money to get an album even when itunes started it was like 99 cents a song then spotify right it's just kind of like continuing this trend no of yeah. cheaper cheaper race cheaper cheaper race it's to cheaper the but it's subscription for... based now so it kind of comes up to more because if you want uh music with from apple or spotify you pay ten dollars a month Right, you do so. Millions and millions of people are paying ten dollars a month, whether they buy the album or not. Yeah, but I'm saying when we but were for the kids, when, well, I'm just saying when we were kids, you were spending hundred dollars a month on music, right? In yeah. a sense, right? Yeah, you had to, yeah. yeah, but that was you had it. I'm that was it. that was maybe you two guys because you like music, right? <laughs> you're old. No, 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 no. We're no, old. No. I'm, I'm being for real. Versus yeah. like almost. Every, yeah. Everybody has a spot. Almost account. seven out of ten people has a subscription, whether they love music or not. Yeah. Because there's so many different things. There's podcasts, business untitled. There's so many different things. So there's a lot more money in the purchase of music today than it was back then. Let's, uh, yeah. A, a lot more. Mm -hmm. So 
It'll well, so how come if, if there's a lot more money in the purchase of music today than back then, how come everybody? What, why is the mantra that artists are getting screwed in this? Because whole thing? the because, artists are getting screwed. Because look at how much Apple and Spotify and well, Spotify you know, doesn't the make music executive, the artists Spotify aren't getting make any screwed. But, but the, the big platforms make a ton of money. I mean, Apple. Yeah, but here's the thing: Spotify doesn't make any money and probably never will because they have to pay and companies like UMG, Warner, the greatest company there is. The, the most of that money that they earn. So they're always kind of like operating in the red. The artists, the big artists see that. The small artists don't. But they get so much opportunity. So interesting, almost in everything we see now, the 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 few make the most. Right? Consolidation. This, this Consolidation. Well, there's inequality in some degree. I'd say it's network effect, though. Yeah. Right, right. It's network effect in that context, right? The, whoever dominates that network first, whether it's Spotify, Netflix, Apple, because they have their other platforms. So there's only three or four platforms. So they really, you know, so it's an old. No, but I'm saying even as the artist, right? The only one who's like, it's it's 20 artists that make, are making the bulk of the money. I think that's been, though, right? I mean, wasn't that always the rap on the music industry? Like, if you yeah, really it's always got been to the that top, way. But a yeah. lot of artists are making, the bulk of the money is being made by. 20 big artists, but a ton of money is still being made by thousands of mid-level artists as well. And then there's independent artists. Now, it makes it even easier to just be an independent artist, right? If you are streaming, if you have a fan base, some people might say, why do I need a fucking label? But Who's the biggest non-label artist? Uh, it was Chance the Rapper for a long time, and it was Bad Bunny for a long time, too. I just found out from Dave, who seems to be the fucking music expert, that Bad Bunny has a record deal. But Bad Bunny was independent for a long time. Mm -hmm. Everyone offered him a shit ton of money. He turned it down. So I'm surprised to see that he took it now. But yeah. I just read that. Yeah. Flip the switch. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of TikTok, I forgot his name, the Singaporean man, called in front of Congress with the rest of the, uh, the yeah. social media CEOs. Right. That was crazy. Uh, did you watch it? It's crazy. Watched a little bit of it. I watched uh, the CEO of TikTok. Uh, kept telling, what's the guy's name? Yeah, Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton. I'm from Singapore. I'm from Singapore. He kept asking the guy, "Are you part of the Chinese Communist Party?" I'm a Singaporean citizen. To be fair, wait, he had Tom had one fair point in there. The companies ran out of China, and TikTok reports to that company. And China has a law. You might know better than this that. They can ask their companies for so, any information they want. They want, and they have yeah. to give it to them. Yeah. So it's, that was a fair it's, point. It's a comp it's a complicated analysis, but but framing that issue right for a second. Well, is, and Zuckerberg too, right? And Zuckerberg too. But I'm saying, like, framing that issue is was it Section 230, right? That effectively treats social media companies as distribution platforms, not content platforms, right? So they get yeah. treated differently than the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, where they those platforms are held liable for content on their platform that is bad, let's just say, right? That's negligent, yeah. that's libelous or whatever. Whereas the social media companies have never been because they've always been able to operate under the Section 230, which was passed like 20 years ago. And it's more like just like a cable, like like Comcast or something, right? It's distributing, but it's not. But the thing I was just going to say that's confusing about that is there's that they have algorithms that switch and push what you may or may not see. So it's not so complicated. I mean, it's not so simple that it's just like, here's a pipe. Anything that comes through from our users is generated. They're actually taking a role in, in shaping that, which okay. I'm, I don't know which way that turns well, and, out, and, but that's the issue. And the framed. great irony. I mean, it, it is, it is to some the irony of our times is that the Senate was dressing down Zuckerberg. Right. And they were like, would you like to apologize to the parents of kids that have committed suicide because of your goddamn crappy social media? What did he bullying? say? He did. And Zuckerberg turned around and and he's become so much more professional than he used to be. He used to be so nervous. Yeah. Now he's a damn seasoned pro. He turned around. He gave a heartfelt apology to these families, turned around and his stock went up more last week than any time in the rest of his history. He made. $28 billion in one day. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, like, it's this kabuki theater until they change the law, if they should change the law. Yeah. And that's a, we can debate yeah. that ad infinitum. I don't, think, 
I, it's, it's a hard call whether to change that law or not, right? Because immediately you're going to get a million libel suits from every trial yeah, lawyer, yeah. every class action lawyer, every everything out there. That is true. You know, so and and there's this thing where while you know part of what they're trying to do, they, Facebook has forty thousand people that regulate. You know, yeah, they, they, tr- look they, for they, they are speech. trying. They're trying, right? To stop so, bullying. They're trying so to what stop. Do you, what, right. So what's the answer? Just let every lawyer on earth sue anybody for anything uh, under this I'll give platform? you one vignette. It's really, it's a slippery slope. One vignette. My, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. My daughter, Anna, shout out to Anna. Anna. Uh, started work as a social worker at a city-owned hospital in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, dealing with, you know, underage, you know, you know 18 and under uh, kids with mental health issues. And I asked her after four months of doing this, it's a tough job. Uh, is there anything that just like if you had one thing you could change? And before I could finish the question, she was like, social media. She was like, Dad, I, I didn't really understand how bad it was until I started dealing with these patients, right? Patients that are 17, 18 hours of screen time. Uh, the bullying that you see uh, constantly. I mean, she had some patients that are the bullies and some that are bullied. Uh, she said it, it is shocking and painful, and you don't yeah. really you – know, she's trying to give the parents, hey, you can limit your screen time. She's trying to give them guidance in helping these kids through. Yeah. But it was so interesting. The very yeah. first thing she came up with after four months in the mental health field was social media. Right. And so, she, and, so and she, she, and she, but she, what about so social not, media? What was she saying? What? Sorry, Dave. What was she saying to do with social media? Yeah, what's the solution? Uh, her, you know, she, she's not a policy person. She, her solution is getting parents more engaged, limiting how much time kids can have. You know, yeah, screen time, doing doing some rational things. Yeah, but it's in some ways when we were kids, Dave and I at least, when we'd go home at night, we had a safe space. Our friends couldn't bully us. Once in a while, you get a phone call, and your mom would yell at you for being on the phone, and so you were in kind of a space to decompress yeah. and be safe and talk to your parents. Now kids go home and they're still getting bullied or they're still having to show off. Yeah. Like there's a constant barragement. Yeah. And so I don't know, like, you know, China has tried to say we're not having any social media for kids of certain ages. I don't yeah. know if that's the right answer. But we've Is that gotta, still a thing? Yeah, yeah. We've got to come up with something because this yeah. is I'm hearing it over and over yeah, yeah. and over. No, again. no question about it, but I think you're on the right path. You're answering your own question, which is like limiting screen time for kids right like treating it like alcohol treating it like drugs Ah. or whatever else because it is something that can be toxic to young brains that i could get with because if and and i think that's the right way to regulate it if you start to get into the slippery slope of this social media platform well now it now we can to say this and not that it just becomes part of the political theater which is my damn memory is just no good anymore but i know at one point there was a mayor that tried to say no phones in the schools and okay in new york city yeah and I think it might have been yeah. Bloomberg. We should sensible. go back and check. Yeah. And that, of course, got overturned. And, like, so, I would have zero – like, go to school. Yeah. You check your phone before – get end of the day, you yeah. get your phone back. Yeah. I'd so be okay but, with that. Yeah. But we don't have it. Right? No, we don't have it because our politics are broken. Yeah. Separate issue from Section 230 and whether social media companies should be liable or not right. for content. I'm just framing the issue. I'm 100% not, I'm not, agree. The, the, you know, the 230 is that, so complicated because you're yeah. right. If you if you flip it a tiny bit, you might as well put everything in that business. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, well, here's, here's a question for you, Mel. I'll start and then Dave. All net, 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 is Facebook a positive or a negative for society? Positive. Positive, positive, positive. And I'll tell I, you why. I, yeah. I would I would probably say negative, and that's with no judgment. That's with no judgment. But I think that the effect of this kind of technology on human society has been a negative. It's not just Facebook I would single out. In yeah, I've, I've used Facebook generically. Yeah, yeah. All of them. Yeah. So I'll say why, why in my eyes is a, a positive, right? I come from a neighborhood, and I, this is just me speaking, right, from my experience. I come from a neighborhood that, I always say this, the coolest person you saw was the drug dealer on the corner. So what you inspire to be the drug deal on the corner. Mm-hmm. And it became a time where it was a scam on the corner. We rarely had lawyers. We rarely had doctors. We rarely had entrepreneurs at the time I grew up. And social media 
open this fucking, for the people that never left Flatbush or Brownsville yeah. or if you're from Atlanta or wherever, never left their yeah. blocks. Yeah, yeah. Social media showed you a world that was out there, right? So one of the biggest things in my success and anybody's success, it starts with a dream, right? Yeah. So social media allowed you to start dreaming, allowed you to start seeing what was out there, allowed you to start seeing Dave Barry with fucking yeah. uh, Irby or Mike Novogratz with Galaxy and, yeah. you know, so, or me so, with yep. Ojangles and Warner. And yeah. it gave this belief system to my community of, wow, I can do that now, right? Yeah. And you see that way more. If you turn on, you see 20 entrepreneurs versus, or 20 businessmen versus three negative things yeah. you may come across. So yeah. for me, that's why it's a positive because I get I see now people are no longer aspiring to be that fucking idiot drug dealer on the corner or that scam on the corner. Yeah. They're aspiring to be Mike Novogratz, Dave yeah, Barry, yeah. me, or guys like me from the other side of the right. world. It just yeah. it opened your mind up so much more and showed you the world. It showed you places like Dubai. It showed you. Yeah, you know, so, wherever that you, you. want to right. dream I, I, and yeah, go and, to. Yeah, I would, I would say. So, if we're distinguishing between the internet and the information flow with, and social media, yeah. I would distinguish, right? right. So, you, you get no argument from me that the internet, access to information, access to data, um, connectivity is all good stuff. I think <laughs> when I look at Facebook or Instagram, you know, where TikTok, where these social media platforms have gone. It gets more into FOMO, bullying, and unrealistic expectations, body dysmorphia, and a lot of other things like that. So, so my thing would stop a little bit short of that and say that that of course information um, democracy in a sense is a good thing, but I think it's easily manipulatable right now. Too. One of the most interesting things. So I, I forgot who did I, this. Talk. I think it's a tougher question. There was, but this, I respect deci there was the this decision made early on. And it could have gone either way, subscription model or ad-based model. Yeah. And the ad-based model decision that Facebook and Instagram, they all made, will probably come back as one of the worst decisions yes. for humanity. Maybe not for their yeah. business, yeah. but for humanity because it drove this eyeballs. market thing to get eyeballs, the algorithms. Where if it yeah. was subscription-based, yeah. you might have had a different outcome. Yeah, and I think that right, they took that from the newspaper industry, but it wasn't nearly as pernicious in the context of a newspaper, right? Where you were, effect, you know, because that, that really is what Murdoch figured out with the Post, with Fox, right? It's like push for eyeballs, clickbait eyeballs, and that's what's now gone on to social media. But I think you're right, and I think Dorsey's been on record as well for saying, like, he regrets that he created the like system, right? This whole yeah. thing of like and don't like, which all the sudden gave people anxiety oh my god how many likes dopamine. am i getting yeah. dopamine hit dopamine i mean hit. i was 42 if years old and i used to get teased there, by my my wife and kids like i got so excited when i got likes they're like dude you're 42 years old yeah enough. wait a minute first of all you still get <laughs> yeah, so excited, excited when you get likes what the fuck it didn't go away <laughs> i'm not getting excited anymore He's been watching that yeah. reel, that eight million, eight million, yeah. eight million. It's the only reason he's still sitting here. But I, oh. I, I think you can make adjustments to the to the fundamental basis, right? Still allow the information to be distributed, but like, get go to a subscription model, right? Someone's gonna argue, oh, that people have to subscribe, people have money. I mean, you're gonna get an argument on the other side of yeah. that anyway, okay? But right now, it's not working. So how do we? And that's fix what it? Elon is trying to do with Twitter, right? Yeah. And I, to some extent, agree with him. Mm -hmm. And he's rich enough that he could say, "Fuck you, I'm trying to do the right yeah. thing," because essentially, I do believe he's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to. Bots aren't gonna pay fucking uh, you know ten dollars a month to be on. Matt, we're gonna start. We're gonna right. start throwing at the flag every time you use the f word. I got a lot of children watching this podcast. <laughs> I, I cuss a lot. <laughs> Ass hats okay, apparently. Ass hats okay, that. but not the other <laughs> But no, so to that point, I do agree with you. There's a lot of negative that come with it, and the negative is starting to be more and more. But overall, I said positive because it allowed me yeah. and people like myself to dream. Yeah, yeah, fair. Elon, your article. Elon, all right, well... Let me Elon, frame, come on the let me, podcast, let me, bro. <laughs> let me frame that up. I think it's a pretty interesting question that happened right now, right? So to, to frame that up, Elon Musk, right, who, who founded Tesla effectively, um, had a pay package that was uh, went through 2018 or was going through 2018. 2018, we all remember this. He negotiates a new pay package at that point in time, completely incentive-based. It was... Um, 
I believe it was like 16 metrics. It was like eight different tranches or something, you know, of um, effectively gave him opportunity for success where he was creating $50 billion of value every tranche and then other certain metrics of like profitability and sales to earn a shitload of money, which ended up being $50 billion of his Tesla stock, right? Oh, wow. At the time that this was granted, board voted on it, shareholders voted on it and approved it 73%. Um, they did a valuation of that grant, those option grants at that point in time, which was about $2.6 billion when they, it's called like a Monte Carlo valuation, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Right? So they basically looked at the probability that he would exercise, that he would be able to accomplish these things. It was purely incentive-based, okay? And at the time, I also want to remember, we, we were in the Hamptons, this was around the time when you were, when Mike and I were short Tesla, in fact, <laughs> yeah. okay? And you were like, damn, for a couple guys short Tesla, you saved, want a lot of Teslas. Saved $20 million, but, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so this was the time when Tesla stock Right, he announces this pay package, gets approved by shareholders. Tesla goes through the roof. Right, it literally gets worth ten times what wow. it was in a one-year period of time. He starts making all his metrics. Right, we bailed out of that thing in two seconds. But at the time, people were laughing at him. And I bring our short story up because the world at that point in time was like, "This dude's crazy. He's never like Tesla's the most overvalued company on earth at that point in time. It was worth more than all the car companies. You remember all this dialogue, yeah. right?" Now, fast forward four years later, a shareholder that owned nine shares of Tesla, nine, okay, <laughs> sues Elon Musk to reverse that pay package in a Delaware court where most people are incorporated, and the judge effectively overturns that, says that the decision needed to be like fairly priced and fairly disclosed and basically like four years later after he achieved all these milestones being probably the only guy on earth that could have done that wow. now they took his 50 billion dollars back uh from that pay package so he's got no comp right now as it sits for the last five years at tesla wow because yeah. well, shell hit shareholder so can, with yeah, nine that, that's my what frame, do you think that so, happens that's my frame with that? of the issue well, well so let, let me uh let me help frame it as well yeah um because it's fascinating to me, uh, especially as a guy that owns a lot of stock in his own company. Yeah. Uh, when Tesla went public, Elon owned 28% of the company. When, no, 21. I read 28. Oh, we can, we can, we I can think that was after the – okay, go on. Sorry. Uh, yeah. When Microsoft went public, Bill Gates owned 45%. Uh, and so roughly big chunks of the company. Yeah. Gates took a view that I'm going to work like crazy to make Microsoft Microsoft – soft stock go higher and if it does i'm going to get rich and all my shareholders will get rich yeah and he broadly never gave himself more stock uh sure. and paid himself a very modest salary yeah and so you could call that the noble way to do things musk took a different view i own a bunch of stock i'm the only guy that can make this company go higher and even though i own a bunch of stock and if the company is more valuable i'm gonna get so rich it'll be bizarre i want to get richer and so you can say god he was greedy but, hold on, let me finish. But he was very clear about it. The the board, who was not a majority, it, you know, it was not a majority uh, control board. Right? It was a minority board, which means him and his insiders owned more than 50% of the company. And so they mm -hmm. said, hey, we're, we're aligned with this. Now, the board also had an amazing compensation package, more so than any board has ever been paid. But shareholders all knew. Yeah. And so I think it's horseshit that five years later – you're changing the rules. Yeah, I think it was unbelievably greedy. <laughs> it was a very greedy package. But listen, we have the right to invest in greedy people. Like some hedge funds charge 5% management fees because the manager's so good. Yeah, he, he said, I'm that good. And he proved to be that good. Yeah. And so, listen, we have an SEC uh, whose job it is to protect the little guy. Yeah. Right. That's usually around disclosure, around transparency. In this case... They disclosed it and they were transparent. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you could make a moral decision: is was he too greedy? And is that is that what the judge is going after? Right. But there's a technicality that judge that looks like the judge will get him on. Dave can explain that. But it's really interesting on like this um, this visceral feeling is like when's enough enough? Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna let, I want to hear Mel's reaction, but I want to just say I think I think he had about 21 percent of the stock when the package was cut and this gave him about 28% of the stock. That's that's about 
what the difference was, just to put it into perspective. You know, he had owned 21% after these right, grants. Okay, but he owned 28 like, when they went public. Maybe so, maybe so. so. I'm, not, I'm not trying, I'm just trying why, to give you context. Why, why would they get diluted? Because yeah. Tesla was a company that was spending a huge amount of CapEx building out yeah. the stuff. And so you're constantly raising money to, to right. actually build for the future. Right. So the CEO gets diluted. Yes. And so he wanted to keep undiluting himself. Yes, it was 28%. It had gotten down to 21 because they had raised more money into the market. And this was something that was effectively getting him from 21% back to 28% with these crazy metrics. That's, that's the scope of it. So what I would ask with that, and you said it was a greedy package, Here's the thing, and Bill Gates' package was such a fair package to his shareholders and to uh, you, I guess. Mm -hmm. But what I would ask is, would Bill Gates, and you probably don't, none of us know this, but just thinking, would Bill Gates have given himself what seems like these unbelievable, almost unachievable metrics in order to get that compensation package yeah, because question. the reason they probably agreed to that i don't know but it sounds hold you're... on wait 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 it sounds like it was a ton of unbelievable things that this man is like if i can do this fucking unbelievable eight things i don't know if i could do it you don't know if i could do it but if i could do it it's going to make this company 10 times more valuable and I'm going to take a little more. Do you think Bill Gates, would you have agreed to do that? Well, listen, I, I, I took my company public and didn't. I did the Bill Gates route. Brian Armstrong took his company public and did the Elon Musk route. No, but what I'm saying so is. I'm just answering the question. You said, would I have agreed? I, okay. I, I agreed not to do it. Okay, Partly exactly. because I kind of so, think you, you do send a message. So it doesn't make it greedy. What? It doesn't make him greedy. It doesn't make it. You're no, he agreed to do enough. some impossible yeah. shit but, that he probably but he, but didn't even But if he did, he, he, he owned so much of the company, he would have been so filthy rich it doesn't, anyway. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't I, think listen, he was, I, I, I don't you're, think you're, you're hearing me wrong. I, he had all the right to do it. He said, and even now he's saying, hey, if you give me more money, I'll put my AI in this company. If you won't, I won't. Like, Listen, he played. Uh, that's something different. I get different. that you don't like. I get that you think Musk was greedy. Let's put that aside for a second, right? Just contextually, it was twenty-one to twenty-eight percent. It wasn't like you know, and the and the targets were incredibly aggressive. Okay, that's but, what I'm saying. But putting that aside, let me give you another another piece of data, right? So, General Motors has been led by Mary, who's it? Uh, spacing on her last name, okay? Over the last five years, GM stock has gone nowhere, literally, okay? <laughs> and she's gotten paid about $200 million. A year or just in general? No. In, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Over that period of time, right? No risk, no incentives, no nothing. Biden brings GM down to the White House, talks about how great they are at electric cars, etc. I'm just saying, like, Musk took, you know, singularly took on the car companies, created... In that period of time, $600 billion of value he, he for the stockholders. He did an amazing job. He did an amazing job getting U.S. subsidies, right? I mean, the, yeah. the U.S. Yeah. government is the, – the funny part is Musk is like the great libertarian, yet all his companies get funded by the U.S. government. Well, He's brilliant. I mean, to be fair, Tesla without the U.S. government doesn't exist without I mean, subsidies. I mean, GM and Ford take more subsidies uh, than all, Tesla, yeah, from uh, the U.S. government, and, uh, they, and they still lose I money. don't know if that's tr true, actually. That's definitely true. We'll, 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 we'll yeah. go to the box on But anyway. That. Right. Well, listen, but Microsoft is a $3 trillion company, and they didn't. Well, they also right. languished for 10 years with Balmer and went nowhere. Right. I'm saying Gates, Gates gave it to Balmer. Nothing happened for 10 years. And then, yes, after Nadella took over, right, Microsoft shot through the moon. I don't know what his package is. Can't talk about it. Here's, one, here's one little fun factoid. And I, listen, I actually think Elon Musk is one of the most uh, controversial and enigmatic people yeah. because part of him, you just have to be in awe of what he accomplishes. Yeah. In others, you're like, really? Uh, you know, he's got that kind of schoolboy bratty, brattiness that, you know, you, turns that some people love. off and some people don't. <laughs> He decided he was going to get in the fight with uh, Zuckerberg, go into the cage match, rent the Ro Roman Colosseum. And from the day he decided, I, I, I can't do that because Zuck's going to kick my butt. Meta stock has literally skyrocketed. And <laughs> Tesla stock, we're, we're going to put the graph on, has really gone down. And so my only advice to Elon is start working out and 
re-challenge Zuck because yeah. I tell you what, if you jinxed yourself. Right. I, I, yeah. My only <laughs> advice to Elon would be, please, we would replace this guy with you in five seconds if you want to join yeah. Business Untitled. Yeah. Get, uh, I, I would just say, though, just getting back to that issue, which I think is interesting, though, is, is sh you know, like the fairness opinion and how much Poli not politics, but really like populism is coming into that because if that award ended up being five billion dollars instead of fifty billion dollars, I doubt very much it would have been overturned. Great, right? Yeah. Great. And and so it's ironic to me that his very success. I mean, this is when he was sleeping on the factory floor, right? He was like people were. Oh, like, make, he was a billionaire. And, no, no, and, he was. And, he was. And, but and Mike, billionaire but he, many times over at that point. So it wasn't was, like he was this poor. You know. No, no. Tesla was on the. Verge at times of going six, under. seven, eight times. Okay, and that's so, what I'm saying. But I'm saying, so which is it, right? Which is it? I'm saying Tesla's a giant amount of his net worth, right? He had put everything into that. He was literally sleeping on the floor at that point in time, and and everybody in the world, the analysts were laughing at this package and and largely deriding it. And so I'm saying that I'm not. I'm just saying it's ironic to me that he worked that hard. It came through, and because the numbers so shocking, it, had it been one tenth that. That they would have lost that suit. And what but I'm saying totally is... Politics are yeah. real, right? The well, board got paid close to $2 billion. No board in history has been paid close to that. And I mean, yeah. it's it's a quantum war. You yeah. say Elon deserves to be, be a ton, but board members don't do that much for a company. Yeah. They help some. They yeah. give guidance. They, yeah. But but, like, but this was like... Yes, although again, that happened it, way after the fact. Not, it was a, Again, yeah. part of this is no one expects bubbles. Right. No one expects wild changes of psychology yeah. where the stock can 10 X. Yeah. And so I don't think they planned on uh, this happening so fast. Yeah. It happened so fast. But it does get this question. Listen, there are people out there and I don't I mean, that think it's immoral that we have so many billionaires. And so when you see something so out far of the uh, of the norm, yeah. uh, you're going to be a target. Do you think it'll hurt Delaware? No, because just for context, right? Like ev the vast. What do you mean, hurt Delaware? The vast majority. Ninety-eight percent of companies, companies in America are incorporated, incorporated in, Delaware. in Delaware. Oh because, yeah. Because Delaware has a in what's supposed to be a very rational, straightforward system for like adjudicating matters relative yeah. between stockholders and corporate owners and things like that. And so this was a big bombshell. And this judge is from Delaware. This judge is from Delaware. This is a Delaware ruling, and uh -huh. Delaware just I, I happen to look at this, but they make from the companies registered in Delaware, $2,000 per year per resident of Delaware, the average state makes $29 wow. per resident. That's how much money comes into Delaware because they have all these corporations registered. The reason they have them registered is so that laws like rational, predictable, and you know, that's, that's the whole What gig. makes America the place people want to do business is that we have a court system that is rational and predictable. Right. And fair. Right. And so I would say this arguably challenges the rationality and predictability. Why don't you talk to just real quick about. Yeah. Wait, I want to say one more yeah. thing. Well, about let me this. finish this question. Why, why he might lose this and why the what was the judge's argument? And this is so, about control board and non control board. Yeah. So the judge's argument was that because he's, it's not an independent board that rules Explain on what that transactions. Means right. So effectively, Elon had enough, enough control of that company at the time, 21% of the stock, going up to 28% of the stock, had cozy-ish relationships with board members. This one was his divorce attorney. Another one had invested with him. And so when the judge looked at that, they did not convene an independent group of directors to effectively rule on whether this was a fair transaction or not. So she was basically alleging that the disclosure, like that the disclosure wasn't good. It was really more of an inside deal that the pricing wasn't fair. And therefore his, the standard, because it was not an independent board that was making this decision had to be like extreme fairness for lack of a better word. And right. so the benefit of the doubt kind of went out the window to him because of the control he had in a sense being 20%. Wait, it's kind of crazy because they, 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 tell me I'm wrong. They yeah. put it to a shareholder vote They did. As well. They put it to a shareholder vote, which got a 73% vote as so well. Se and, and quite frankly, and, if you decided, you didn't so want what's to, the problem? And, uh, and the company made it was worth 10x more yeah, yeah. a year later. So, so they were transparent. He had these impossible The shareholders agreed with it. Just so just so I'm clear, I let me give you my take on this real quick. That shareholder with nine percent, nine, nine shares, shares, sorry, 
is a fucking hater. There's another fuck. <laughs> He's a hater. He's just mad Elon made all this money, which probably turned his nine shares into what? If he had it long enough, 10 times what yeah, it was worth? for sure. He's a hater. Well, again, what, what, why I side on Elon's side yeah. on this side is that that was pretty transparent. And if you didn't like it, you could have sold the shares. That's right. Right? Like, yeah. We have this really interesting yes. debate in America on how paternal we should be to protect the little yeah. guy. Yeah. Right? This is the SEC's role is to protect the little guy. They do a shitty job of it recently, I would, I would argue. Uh, but their job is to protect the little guy from scams, from... Uh, unscrupulous people from greed yep, from right. boards that aren't paying attention yeah and so we do have a set of rules we do have a watchdog yeah um a libertarian would say hey i don't you're a big boy make your own bet yeah as long as things are transparent and fair yeah. and so i i side more in this case on the elon side yeah. i think yeah. it's kind of crazy and i do think it does forget delaware or non-delaware it hurts the kind of united states like we it need a, it's why i think gary gensler at the sec is doing yeah. a really poor job because yep. people in my industry don't feel like he's fair. Yeah. And it's like, you've got to have fairness. Yeah. And transparency is part of it, right? The crypto industry was completely untransparent, had tons of frauds, tons of, and then all of a sudden they paint the whole industry with a brush. Yeah. It wasn't fair either. And so and getting and, and this right I, is really hard. I, I do too. And I, and I agree with that. And I think, and, and Mel's point well taken. And I also think Elon, you know, again, I lives in a different category he's a true innovator, right? This isn't a guy that's financially engineering a company and buying back shares and taking on debt and doing a lot of nonsense like that, right? This is like, he almost had Tesla bankrupt. SpaceX has almost been bankrupt, right? When that second or yeah. third rocket blew up, right? Now he puts more payload into the atmosphere than all the other space programs on Earth combined, In like wow. right? So <laughs> when you have a ruling like that out of Delaware, for me, it feels like you're going to disincentivize the next Elon Musk to take real risks. I don't mean financial engineering. I, I don't think that's a great point. I actually don't. I, I don't think that. I think America needs to have our rules clear. What's so interesting about those innovators, they plow along anyway. And listen, Elon plays with fire. That when he did the 420, you know, a deal's done at 420s, you know, <laughs> yeah. like. He plays know, with fire, yeah. In mo most people Wait, in America. What, what is that? Would end up. He broadly tweeted that he had money in hand to buy back Tesla, to take it private at 420. Uh, April 20th is yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. National Pod Day, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you got fined 20 million bucks for that <laughs> by the SEC. Almost anyone else, any yeah. other CEO in the world would end up in jail for what he did. And people are like, Elon's different. And to be fair, he has been different. Without yeah. Elon, we'd have a lot less cool shit happening in the world. Yeah. And so he does get, yeah. it's like Michael Jordan in basketball. They're not going to call the foul on him. Yeah. Or Wayne Gretzky, they're not going to call the foul yeah. on him. Elon has a little bit of that going for him. Yeah, right. Well, in this I instance, just found out he was one of the uh, creators of OpenAI. Yeah, well, anyway, I, I think the, the ruling in Delaware is bullshit. I think the SEC is there to protect stockholders. I call bullshit. I agree with and, you. Uh, you know, and I think it's going to hurt Delaware and it's going to hurt the country. But anyway, that's just my opinion. All right. What's next? You sent me an article. Frame it up for me and I'll, I'll dive okay. in. All right. Shout out to that hater one more time. <laughs> <laughs> coming after you. Um, you know, I... I saw an article. I know Mike is Mike has got a lot of knowledge around obesity, food supply, things like that. And there was something in the Wall Street Journal that caught my attention, which was uh, that every five years the USDA recalibrates how they look at health of food system, et cetera. And they're now, for the first time, there's evidence about these ultra processed foods. Uh, like things that you wouldn't find in your kitchen, you know, trichlorate, potassium, like all those names that you don't know what they are, um, and its effect on obesity. And, and one stat I thought or, you know, was interesting was that U.S. 57% of our diet is these ultra-processed foods, in other words, with additives and all this unnatural shit. Um, and in a place like Italy, for instance, it's 12%. Wow. Right? So there's a big difference. It's not just that you have to be on this. And so France, it's low I, as hell. And France, well. it's really low as hell, too. And so I was just thinking and wanted to ask Mike about it because it got me thinking about that relationship to obesity and just general and malnutrition, disease. And I think it affects, you know, some of some of the issues you bring up sometimes, which is like there's 
food deserts in the you know in the ghettos and in the projects yeah. and things like that. So I think it's interesting to, to talk about that. And I don't know if yeah, you've looked there's at a, it. At there's all. a there's a believe it or not, it's called the Nova. I think it's the Nova Index or the Nova something Novo Novo. Not for <laughs> me, uh, but I like to make everything back to me. Um, and you know, there's a big debate in 25. Are they going to actually you know say we need to lower this in the United States? Um, it's you heard me last time I was on talking about in the last 35 years, Americans are 35 pounds heavier. And they're not just heavier. They're, we've gone from a fit country to an obese country. You know, and there's you can, lots of different, you know, metrics. It's 40% obese, it's 50% of adults, it's 70% of adults. It's, but there's a gigantic portion of our population, both child and adult, that's way overweight. And with that comes all kinds of diseases. Uh, how about this, sperm count is down 50% in 30 years. So fertility rates are going down. Cancer rates are going up. At the same time, we've spent more money on nutritional studies than in any time in our history. There, There's a graph of nutritional studies that goes straight up. So is that an indication of them trying to possibly fix what's happening or no? No, this is an indication of when you go to a supermarket and you walk down the aisle 90% of what you see in that supermarket is produced by nine companies or eight companies. We're going to put that wow. graph on there. 90%. Mm -hmm. Big food has corrupted our country at a level and at a speed that makes cigarettes look like, you know, they were Ronald McDonald passing out, you know, lollipops. Uh, it's shocking. Coke, Pepsi, Unilever, Nestle. These companies are corrupt at the core. Mm -hmm. And, you know, listen – you know, Kennedy, you know, running for president, he's talking about this, but, you know, because he's he's perceived as a little out there and a little wacky, he doesn't actually, people don't listen to him. Uh, I remember when Michelle Obama became first lady, she was like, I'm going to take on obesity. At that point, I thought I was going to take my first fortune at Fortress and my whole charity, my whole philanthropy was going to be obesity. And Michelle Obama is now going to be obesity. And about six months into her anti-obesity campaign, she changed it to let's move. Let's get kids to exercise more. Mm -hmm. And she would dance. And, Listen, <clears throat> I, I think she, I was like, why did she change it? I don't know factually, but I would almost mm -hmm. bet my tennis shoes, uh, or maybe Dave's really cool tennis shoes, <laughs> that Coke and Pepsi got to her, right? That, that they're, this, this food industrial complex got to them. And so we haven't had a president give an obesity speech. I mean, Trump was obese, is obese. He didn't talk about it. Biden didn't talk about it. Obama didn't talk about it. Clinton didn't talk about it. Nobody talks about the fact that we now have to have wider seats in buses, wider seats in trains, wider seats on planes, right? It's crazy that we've gained 40 pounds when the French have gained three, and nobody talks about it. So the food industry might be more dangerous than the tobacco industry. Yes. Wow. I think the food industry is more dangerous than the tobacco industry. And here's the crazy part, which just your head blows up. Uh, now we're like, hallelujah, hallelujah, Ozempic, Mujarno, Wegovi, right? We have this hallelujah moment because we have these drugs, right? These semi-glutides semi, semi that curb appetite, that wash out sugar, that literally be a cure uh, for obesity. So the same, it's the, it's this horrible spin cycle. We're going to, we're now looking at giving six-year-olds Ozempic for life. Cause once you, once you're on it, you can't get off of it. You get off of it, you gain the weight right back. And it's not that so like the, the, the results aren't out. People haven't done it long enough, but there's already some ideas, suicidal ideation. You know, there are some risks that we don't know about yet, right? A lot of gastrointestinal problems for people that go off of it. And so I'm not saying people shouldn't use these things. In some ways, they're a miracle drug for people that have already gotten obese. Because here's the really sinister and horrible thing about obesity is once your body gets fat, everything in your biology wants it to stay fat. And so you can't get mad at a kid who's fat. Oh, that kid's lazy. His parents fed him the food. He got fat. And it's really close to impossible. Not impossible, but it's brutally difficult when your body is fat for it to become skinny again. Everything in it tells it it needs more food. And so now you're fighting biology. 
And so the, the cardinal mistake we're making is letting our kids eat this shit. Right. And it, and it gets even multiplied right in school lunches. I mean, you want to talk about where it's the worst. It's going to be in like the cafeterias in the New York City public school system. I mean, you know, I know people that have tried to work on food, health, food, you know, vitamins, safety, just fresh foods in there. And it's like you're going up just against the, the anti-obesity wall. commission that yeah. got formed recently had people from Coke. Pepsi. I mean, yeah. literally, it's like saying, hey, let's have an anti-drug company and, and, and go to the five worst neighborhoods and get the biggest drug dealers and say, hey, you guys, give us your best guy to put on the don't say, you know, say no to drugs campaign. Right. But like, see, it's, it's crazy. It's absurd. Because it's back to what Dave was saying, like, the cheaper foods are the worst foods mm-hmm. to even sustain a healthy lifestyle and run away from that part of the food industry, which probably, I don't know factually, but probably somewhere is controlled by one of those nine companies too. But let's say you wanted to eat clean, healthy. It is so fucking expensive yes. that not only the black community, but the average community, white, black, right. green, Chinese, can't even afford it. So yeah. you literally can't afford to eat healthy. And if you can't eat, you'll die. Listen, we're in a terrible place. I, I want to give a shout out to a guy named Callie Means. I started following him on Twitter. He's actually starting to get a big following. He was recently on uh, Tucker Carlson's podcast talking about some of this because I learned a lot from him. And like, I don't really like Tucker Carlson at all. He called me a domestic terrorist once. <laughs> I will literally knock him out. Uh, but you gotta set uh, up the fight with Mike and Tucker. I got Mike. We'll cage match. Mike we'll be, and B Tucker. We'll poli- Tucker, we looking for you. We'll be the preliminary between uh, Zuckerberg and Musk and me and Tucker. But listen, it's, it was, it's, it's a fascinating episode, even because we're at least starting to talk about this stuff. Kennedy brought it up, and you know, can it change? One of the things that's been depressing me recently is. These big social issues that start moving, God, it's hard to change them. I mean, yep. I try in criminal justice stuff. I, it's just hard. Like, we can all look at the facts and all say, yes, yes, yes. And you talk to politicians. We know a lot. Dave and I know a lot of politicians. And Mel's starting to meet a lot of politicians. They don't mean horrible stuff. They're mostly decent guys that start. And, like, they're not stupid. They're like, oh, yep, yep. They see the obesity thing. Yep, yep. But then to try to get anything done, the lobbyists get in. It's so hard to change this direction. And so, you know, we're going to look like there's that movie Wally, where, you know, the guys are pushed around in the chairs and all the fat people. And, you know, like, it, like our, our country's moving to that. And it, this isn't like a 200-year process. This is from when me and him were 25 years old. Right. Like 30 years, 35 years. Yeah. There's, we're going we're gonna to put on the video that the picture of what a 1970s PE class used to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh versus what it looks like today, yeah. it's a shocking difference. Yeah. And so, I again, if I was president, the number one thing I'd do is get this country back in shape. Yeah, man, because 19, what was that, 1970? 1970, when you were 43 years old, the PE classes was much better. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I look good for my age? You do. Man, I like this. I like, I like this. Well... What about on a soapbox? We're on a huh? soapbox. Well, listen, the obesity thing is real because it goes to when we think, well, how does this tie into business, right? You know, we want to talk to entrepreneurs, and because most businesses focus solely on money, it's really easy for morality to slip to the side. Yeah. And for those people, I remember I was at the TED conference. You know, my brother-in-law, Chris Anderson, runs TED. Shout out to Chris. It's a brilliant conference to share ideas. And the CEO of Pepsi was up there, Indira. God, I wish I had a better memory of her name. But she was a really well-respected and, and you know, almost a beloved CEO, and she was doing great things. And I'm thinking to myself, and she's talking about the philanthropy Pepsi was going to be doing. And I'm the only guy in the audience that's saying they're selling sugar water, uh, to our kids, and oh, their other their other business is Frito Cheeto Lay's potato chips. I'm like, this company is doing more to kill our kids than any company, and she's being lauded because she's making a few little things, and we're going to use less plastic and more glass. And I'm like, we're missing the big fucking picture. And when I look at great companies, so many looking back don't seem to be so great. 
And so how you get, I mean, it's for another episode, how you get some morality into business. Mm -hmm. And so you have a group of leaders that say, yes, I can make money, but is it really worth it for, for, I mean, Warren Buffett said we should have hot, cold, and Coke on every sink in America, right? His greatest investment was Coca-Cola and he's lauded as his hero. I was like, dude, you polluted half the fricking kids in our country, especially well, your community. It, it could yeah. start also though with politics, right? So there's that, which you just brought up and I, and I agree with it, but, but even things like the school systems. I mean, I think it's atrocious how, right? Cause they, they're captured by this as well. So there's McDonald's and lots so, of schools in America. So I'm saying the politicians are also at fault in this, right? Because the capitalist system works such that profit is going to be the main goal of that enterprise. That's just the way capitalism works, right? You're there to make money for the shareholders, right? And, and, and morality should slip in there and, in, in certain ways, but regulation is really how we regulate morality. That's really how this country works, right? Yeah. Capitalism, you are there to focus on the shareholder and, and your investments and, and the politicians, you know, the, the elected officials are there to regulate. And, 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 and this so, is what gets so complicated you know, is we can go from no regulation, which is terrible, to too much regulation, which is terrible. Right. And it's like, you know, how do you get it just right? And but, that's where the country but, needs le less left and right and more practical. Yeah. That's where the country needs more smart people the, focused on this stuff because it's really complicated the, to get it right. And if you don't – Either your business plummets, you get shitty bureaucracies, or you get runaway capitalism, which doesn't end well either. Yeah, this is not that complicated to get right. This is because the politicians are under the yes. money wheel, under the money wheel 100%. of the agro-industrial complex, and they're getting paid. That's just the bottom one, line. One, one last story, and I'll get off my <laughs> Nestle, soapbox. food, Pepsi, I, Coke, they I, all put this a must ton have of money been 2007 or 2000. I used to meet with tons of Democratic senators, and. I'm sitting here. Debbie Stabenow, who was the senator from Michigan, Michigan yeah. is sitting over there. And for whatever reason, I was in my head uh, or I had to burr up my, my tail to try to sabotage the farm bill. Why are we subsidizing high fructose corn syrup? Sh corn. We're subsidizing corn constantly. And we're subsidizing big sugar. Yeah. Right. The Fenhul family in, in Florida spends a fortune. I think back then it was like they would spend $80 million to get $250 million of subsidies. So it was a great deal, wow. right? They owned the politicians. Sorry, owned. They were, they were big supporters of the it's politicians. It's the system. It was the system. It's the system. So general. I'm going after Debbie Stabenow, and she's like, nope, I'm voting for it. And I was like, but why? You don't even have fucking farms in Michigan. And she's like, dude, are you stupid? I've got cars. I need their vote. I'll give them my vote on farm to get their vote on cars. And I was like, oh, I want to shoot myself. Uh, and you cannot get my $2,600, which used to be the maximum you can yeah. get. <laughs> well, uh, well I, I just think, look, it's politics, it's, it, it's politics 101 that they're trading, right? Uh, there are farms in Michigan, by the way, but there are, <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> politics, it's politics 101. Um, but I think with something like this, it's important enough that it's like people have to take a stand too, right? The New York school system, enough parents complain that – this garbage well, and, is going into the, the New schools, York school system. Can food, change. The New York system school system food is better than probably ninety five percent of the school systems in America, and we would both think it sucks. Yeah. Right. Anyway. What about what else? What else you got? You guys I, see. You I want to. I, I want to leave this for another. Uh, actually, I'm going to leave it for another podcast. But I want to talk about the migrant situation in New York City and. A little bit. 2,500 migrants a day. They're now, I don't know if I should say this. Well, yeah, I can. Um, I sat with the mayor the other night, and this guy is literally, shout out to Eric Adams. He is fucking chasing, what? F. You said the F like four times. I don't know if you just don't realize you say it, but. You can flag me too. We're going to try to clean up the language. On yeah, we're going to try to clean up the language. My Some, mother somebody told me. My mother that. listens and she, that's the first thing she says. Okay. Sorry, moms. <laughs> um, but yeah, this guy is literally, uh, uh, the night I sat with him, he was chasing migrants around the city who are robbing people on their little scooters. There's these Venezuelan gangs oh, now yeah. that. Uh, on these little scooters robbing people, and he was out there self doing it. And he doesn't talk about that enough. So I want to shout out to him 
and what he's doing to try to combat this migrant thing. And it's a much, much larger discussion. I said we do a whole podcast on it because I, yeah, I want yeah. to. Complicated yeah, yeah. issue. I, again, yeah, you yeah. Know, the, the, the quick 10 cents is this should be a federal issue, not a city issue, but that's a separate What point. is a federal issue? He's just letting it them is. all through the border. No, but I, I 100% agree. Yeah. 100% agree. Um, that's who's causing it. <laughs> listen, listen, I want to say this before we wrap up. Like, we want to learn from you guys, our, our viewers. And so... Send us messages uh, on our Instagram, uh, what works, what doesn't work, questions you have. You know, if we should have Mel wear a hat, he usually wears a hat, he's not wearing a hat today. Uh, like, what do you want to hear? Do you like just the three of us? Do you like the guests better? Uh, we're new. We're working hard at this. We like doing it. We like each other. And so that's all I got to say today. What's down? I'm going to give Dave the ounce of gold today. What's the ounce of gold today? <sighs> <laughs> Uh, my ounce of gold, I'm just feeling like just grind, just grind. Grind. You know what? I like that gold. because we and, yeah. are here on a, Don't, won't tell you which you know, day. On a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're on, on a Sunday. Sunday. We're on a Sunday. Grinding. I, grinding, you know. We got to get air conditioning in the studios. Well, it's hot as 80s. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of crazy. And, uh, you know. Some people would say we're three guys that don't have to do this, but honestly, we have to do this because we're doing this for not only us, but we're doing it for you. We really, really like sharing this information, and we really like getting your feedback and learning information from you guys. So at this point, we have to do it for ourselves because we love to do it, and we have to do it because, yo, the Instagram page got 7 million Visits in the last thirty days, which is fucking wild. Shout out to our uh, guy. F word. F word. F word. Ah, F word. We're gonna you know have what? A, we're gonna have we a jar. Get a jar. We're, no, we're gonna have a jar. It's gonna be ten bucks. Ten, ten bucks an F bomb. All, All right, right guys. Peace out. Thank you. <laughs>